It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into another edition of the Skinny Podcast. It's the college basketball edition presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel of Bearcat Journal and Rick Broering of Musketeer Report. Um, let's start with, with the UC Bearcats playing uh, on the day that we're doing this, uh, playing Houston on the road, losing 65-58, a game that they led it uh, at points fairly deep into the ballgame, Chad, but went scoreless for, what, about the last six or so minutes, and it, it the, the, the takeaway I have is I just wonder when you play a team that good, and I think Houston's good, so let's get that part up front, who is the second scoring option? Who can be the second scoring option consistently moving forward against that type of team? It's Keith Williams. He did it in the first half, and that's why it was a one-point game at halftime. He had eight points in the first half, played really well, impacted the game in a couple big stretches, but here's the problem, Skinny. Most of the time that he did that, Jaron Cumberland was on the bench in foul trouble. Right, right. They've got to find the way. With and, and with both of them on the with floor. With both of them on the floor. And it should be there because everybody right now is loading up to take away Jaron Cumberland. No question. There has got to be space for Keith Williams on that other wing to be able to attack and play downhill and not settle and be a jump shooter. And that was the problem. I mean, he settled for yeah. that. Um, as hard as he plays, you, you'd almost look like his legs were gone by the end of the game. He ended up, I think, what, 0 of 5 on 0 5 threes? 3, I think, and yeah. a couple of just ugly, ugly misses. The last one at the end where he, was, where he airballed was, by two feet. Exactly. Maybe even more, depending on where your depth perception was. Um, yeah, I, I, I just... I wonder, though, if, if, if he can be consistent enough doing that. I mean, he has through 20 games or so over the past three or four the inconsistencies that we thought we would see from him at the start of the year. I think like 16 of the first 20 games he was in double figures. Right. That's what right. you need. Right. Um, he's he's hit kind of a little bit of a wall. Uh, they get another week off this week, which I can't remember the last time a team has had two full five days off in a three-week stretch. Well, this, is, this is basically seven days off, I mean, before they play Wichita yeah. next, right next Sunday. Next so Sunday. It's, it's a week between games. So, I mean, you're going to get a chance to maybe get guys a little fresh again and, and try to figure out what's the best way. If we are going to run this isolation, especially in the last five minutes or so, where Jaron is is orchestrating everything. Everything. We have to find a way to utilize the other side and, and get some easy baskets via – you know, playing off of teams focusing so heavily on Jaron. The thing is, you know, one, it was more difficult today because Houston's a top 10 defense. Um, so they made things a lot tougher. Yeah, I mean, they're long but, and physical. I mean, but, yeah. But Jaron missed some shots in the final five minutes that but, he's been making with but, regularity. But how much of that, though, is, I mean, he had to, it felt like today he carried a bigger load. It felt like almost every set was throw it to him at the elbow, let him make a decision, maybe even sometimes above the elbow and, and out by the three-point line. It's no more than, let, than let him, what they've been it, doing it the past couple like weeks. It felt like a lot. The magnitude of the game. Trip. Yeah. The magnitude of the game changes, and you feel it. They've been doing that in close games. And go back and watch. Because he made State. some tough shots. Yeah. I mean, some tough threes, some tough drives into the lane where he was scoring. You know, he can jump up over people. He's having to jump up over bigger people yeah. to make really difficult shots all game long. Yeah. The, the, the funny thing was, 
it's some of the easy ones that he missed down right. the end uh, that ended up dooming Cincinnati. But he's a shot maker. He's always been a shot maker. He's always been a dude that knows how to put the ball in the basket. I think the most surprising thing for me has been his three-point consistency. We haven't seen much of a dip in that. and No, and he shot a couple of guys on him. I mean, oh, yeah. in, their, in his face yeah. for the most part. Well, he, he has that little thing now where he kind of – Rocks. Rocks and fakes the jab. And then the second your shoulders relax, the ball's out of his right. hands and, 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 and in the net. So, it, yeah, they, they, they've got to find a way to, to get Keith consistent. And I, I think we're starting to see Kane Broon come, to back, come back to life a little. That would be really nice down the final stretch of seven games in the conference tournament if all of a sudden he pops back up as a guy that can get you 8, 10, 12 points a game as well. It was a fairly, I mean, it was a, a normal scoring game for probably these two teams, but it felt like felt like Houston, especially in the first half, was hard to stop. I mean, really hard to stop. Driving downhill to kicks, driving downhill and getting to the rim on straight line drives. You it know what? You know why that is? Because Houston's hard to stop. They are. No, no, they are. <laughs> they're pretty good. But, it, but it, it was funny. It just felt like when you were watching the game, I'm like, it feels like they're scoring every trip, and yet they don't have 40 at this point in the game. I did think it was interesting that Mick went to man-to-man on the right. most important possessions of the game. Um, you've talked about that some this year, that it seems like they're better at times in their man. And it seems like he know, like we can't do this all game, Yeah, but when it's the most important possessions, we're going to go man. I, I think this team is probably better fit for man than the zone because you, you really need on the wings – Big time athletes to, to cover to close out yeah. and recover back to shooters and Kane Broom running at you in a recovery you're just going to shoot over him. Justin Jennifer running at you in a recovery you're just going to shoot over him. Jaron's not going to jump high enough. Well, and he's not the quickest guy in right. and out of the right. cuts to get back right either. So I mean, man to man, I think suits them better. Uh, and we saw it a lot in the first half actually when they were when they started to get everything. At the rim, they went to the man-to-man, and they were able to slow him down a little bit before halftime. Um, I mean, offensively, I thought UC played pretty well for most of the game. Only turned it over four times. Um, they just they got killed on the glass, uh, especially offensive rebounding late in the game. Yeah, I think Houston had 13 offensive rebounds. UC had a bunch of offensive rebounds. UC too, had 18 right? offensive yeah. rebounds. But Houston, when they got a little bit of separation, was extending possessions. Right, right. it was a one minute and twenty second possession because it'd be a miss, offensive rebound, miss, offensive rebound, yeah. and, and you're having to guard. Inopportune. Right. And UC's been able. The reason they they were twenty and three is they've been able to win the final five minutes. Houston dominated the final five minutes. Kelvin Sampson has literally built a carbon copy of Cincinnati. I was just gonna say, and I don't want anyone to like pull out the rosters and prove me wrong on this i haven't looked at it but it feels like houston is just a bigger more athletic cincinnati yeah a little bit i mean they have more balance offensively I think, obviously but i mean in terms of how they play in their style it's like man they just keep coming at you they're they're physical they're tough and they beat you up on the glass and they're tough to score on in the lane and i think the main difference between the two teams this year is houston has a lot better wing depth where Dijon Giroux was the guy that changed right. the game, yeah. came in, and, and, and having him and Nate Hinton coming off the bench. And he was changing the game because Corey Davis was on the bench in foul trouble. Yeah. And, and UC did a pretty good job on Corey, Corey did Davis. a great job on Corey Davis. He scored nine points in the first segment right. yeah. and ended with 16. But they needed somebody else because UC was focusing on shutting down Corey Davis, and then Dijon Giroux stepped up. I hate, I hate 
when kids I loved on the AAU trail play UC and beat you. They kill them every time. I loved Dijon Jarrell. Evaluator of talent. Exactly right. Yeah. Actually, yeah. it was I wasn't there to see Dijon Jarrell. I was there. They were recruiting the guy that's also at Houston, Bryson Gresham, a big man. Um, UC was heavily involved with him, so I watched a lot of their AAU games. And Jarrell, it was what he was doing today, just that long, kind of lanky ability to get slither into the lane and make tough shots. Um, I hate I hate when that happens because it, it, it never fails. They kill UC every time. I'm like, ooh, I love that guy in AAU. Oh, here's why, because he just scored 18 points. Against UC. Against UC. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, this is one of those games where it would have been a, a really quality win. Yeah. It's not a bad loss, and especially in a week where um, you did get the win at Memphis. You kind of split the week, so that at least takes a little sting off of today. Today, I don't even say sting. That's not fair. Today would have been a nice win. It's not an right. awful loss. No, I think today the difference, you know, this this could have gone one of three ways. You lose both games, and you're sliding, and you're now in a position where you're hanging on to make the NCAA tournament down the stretch. You split, and really there's no movement, especially if you split the Correct. way they did, lose or win at Memphis, lose at Houston, um, really nothing. And if you won both games, now you're trending up. Oh, big time up. You know, And you're looking at getting away from that 7-8, seed line now you're looking at maybe we can get to a five right. um something along those lines so th- the biggest thing this week was beating memphis because houston wasn't likely you, you weren't likely to go into that place and win if you lost to memphis you were in trouble and they managed to get the memphis one done another double digit comeback in the second half on the road um you managed to get that one done and and this one kind of just goes in the column as a, a tier one road loss, which those those aren't going to really impact no, your right. resume right. unless you you're like Indiana and you've got like seven of them or whatever. Then it then you yeah. know you also had a bad loss at home today to Ohio State too, so that doesn't help you either. No, actually they're they're moving up. They're going to be a four seed now. I bet they will be. They've what they've lost eight of nine. Thirteen and the, eleven now is their record. Yeah, eight yeah. of nine in the Big Ten. They're they're moving up to a four seed. Not trending up. I, I I hate to belabor this point because it's always an easy crutch, but the officiating was a little questionable a couple times. It didn't cost them because UC went scoreless for six minutes. But John Higgins is just bad. He's so I know Kentucky he's, fans. He's can, almost as bad as they, Pat Adams. And how did like who is Signs them the same game. A big game. <laughs> Here's my thing. I, I thought there was a stretch in the middle of the second half where it was really bad. There were a couple balls that were clearly tipped by Houston that the official gave back to Houston. There was one that was reversed. The official, Pat Adams, saw the play right in front of him, called it. The guy all the way on the backside of the play that had to look through four bodies came in and changed it. And then Higgins is standing six inches from one that clearly is tipped out by Houston, and he gives it back to Houston. Well, the, the, the one that was the most interesting was, was the technical The technical pass. on Nazir, Nazir Brooks. They missed a shove on Nazir Brooks going up for a dunk. He got shoved to the ground, and they didn't call it. But here's my thing on that. I thought and that this it, league has come into question before. That's the thing. This it, league has come into question because before. Because Pat Adams and John Higgins are officiating a lot of games in this league. It's not good. Pat Adams was involved in three of the incidents this year. He's bad. He's really bad. But I thought it was big in the middle of the second half in that swing where it went from a two-point game to an eight-point game. And and I thought the the calls were were very critical in that happening. However, UC answered right back. 
took the lead. They stormed back, took the lead. I actually predicted on, on the Bearcat Journal podcast, I predicted Jaron Cumberland would hit a shot to give the Bearcats a 58-57 win. Except it was only a lead. There were six minutes and 11 yeah. seconds yeah, left. You're not going to run out the rest of the clock. They didn't score the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's ultimately what, that's what, what it came down yeah. to. That's, uh, the officiating, I thought, in that segment was bad, but I thought Cincinnati recovered from it, put them back in position to win the game, and then Houston shut them down and, and completely dried up any offense that Cincinnati had. Credit to Houston. They're really good, especially on their home floor. They haven't lost there this year. Um and you get them, and you get them we'll back. We'll see in, them on senior day. That's to say, you get them back in your place on March the tenth, the very final regular season. Game, here's so. here's here's the the hardest part about the whole thing. If you're if you're Cincinnati, the, you're not going to win a conference title outright now, because if you look and you can pull this up and and see what I'm talking about, Houston's schedule the rest of the right, way right. is much much softer than Cincinnati's, and they are. I don't see anywhere in that schedule that they lose a game. Uh, prior to senior day at Cincinnati. So, um, and the voters might have gotten it right. No, they had UCF picked in the regular season, right? Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, 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 they thought Johnny fifth. Dawkins was yeah, going to win UC, the league. They had UC, what was it, UCF, UC, Houston, Houston third. Okay. And, and on this podcast, we talked about I, right. I, I thought Houston was slightly ahead of Cincinnati. Houston is slightly ahead of Cincinnati. That's where we're at right now, um, heading into the final you know, seven games of the season. Yep. And that's the weekly ref rant brought to you by SeatGeek. <laughs> SeatGeek is the best app to get all your seating needs. I didn't rant. I liked it. I didn't rant. I ran it. I opened the rant. No, I I, 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 I know, but we do it every week. So I think we need to get together. We with do. Creative. We do. Maybe get a little jingle going. Correct. Get to sales. Maybe they could sell a sponsor. Skinny just hates refs. I'm not. A big, I know. I'm not, I, like, look, you have you have a complaint about them from every AAC game, and Skinny just hates refs. So between the two of you, it needs to be a sponsored segment. Is what I'm saying. It's really just Pat. Out. I just wish you. Here's all I wish. It doesn't matter what level. Just don't don't guess. Yeah. Call what you see. Call what you really see. That's the part for me. I mean, there, maybe they just get it wrong and don't see it right. More often than not, though, that's the thing. Like, I'm sure they'd love if you would call the correct play every time and your team scored that. on every possession. But sometimes you just get it wrong, you're, Skinny. You're, you're right. I'll give you that part. But a lot of times they guess. There's a lot of guesswork. Yeah, because they didn't see it right. Then don't call anything. Just let them play. I, I hate to tell let you this, Bob. We have to proceed with the game. We can't just stop and say, we don't know. We have no idea who's Who's it out on? I don't know. No, no, no. We'll just stop. Go home. <laughs> Everyone's got to leave. I'm talking about contact. I mean, the, the Jaron Cumberland foul on the side. What? Just play on, man. He barely touched him. Just play. Didn't knock him down. No, Didn't they, disrupt the... Just play. Yeah, they thought they saw something. Yeah, they thought. They don't think. They just they, okay. just, they react. They think about the money that they're getting for, for the sham that, what, a job that they're doing. I, That's what they think. I would hang on to the gig till I was 85, too, if I could. John Higgins is called 70-plus games already this That's year. That's insane. You can't... You can't can't do the job right. You're, you're going to burn yourself out. And he's only 2,500 games past his expiration <laughs> exactly date. So right. Well, no. His is it is Tim his dad? Do we know? I don't know. I I, I would assume there's a relation there. I'm, I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I'm logging on Ancestry.com right now. Figure to look that out. out. Figure that out. He, he. I wonder if he's still alive. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he. I mean, he died in 1997. Did he? And he, he continued officiating until like 2014. I got, you got checks. Got checks along the way. That's what they all do. Uh, let's move to Xavier. I, I I don't know what else to say. I don't even know if you have anything else to say. Um, They're not very good. No, you've said that for a long time, and you've been right. Um, I guess it's it's games like like DePaul where you're like, come on, you can. It's at home. It's a winnable opponent. You have the lead. 
I've but, never seen a team that but, goes through stro- longer stretches of doing nothing than this group does. But what have I, what have I told you I know since that. the beginning of that? It's not I, about the team they're playing. It's about them. Yeah. The issues are theirs. It doesn't. They can beat Marquette or Villanova if they if they took uh, care of all these things. They're talented enough to do that. No, it feels like that baseball team that, that gets pitching on one night and can't hit, and then hits on one night can't pitch. The other nights it pitches and hits, it can't feel. I mean, it, it there, there's there's those years where you're like, man, you can't. You put a finger here. That's and, exactly. It's like plumbing. Like, yeah, I got this one. Like, got a leak. I got a leak. Oh wait a minute, there's one over here. Wait a minute, I can put my toe there, and I can put this thing that I can't put things everywhere. Why don't we? Why don't we stop there? This, Right there. This the best is that's the exact analogy it I is. was thinking this thing of. There, I mean, I, I guess that's the frustrating part. Is it? It's one thing if you look and you go, all right, th- th- this team, this team overall just doesn't have it. But it's different things. It's not like one consistent thing where you think, all right, if they fix that, they're going to be good. It's it's something different every time. Something yep. different every four, four. I swear to God, they play play those four minute possessions. It's something different in those four minute possessions. I know, or four minute whatever stretches. Periods. Yeah, stretches. yeah, and. And I think that as the, the coaching staff, that's got to be the most frustrating part is you go back every week to practice. I'll you're saying, that. hey, we've, we've got to stop this. We've got to get back on track on this. And then for the most part, they do that. Like the people are saying there's no buy-in and they don't like. Well, I'm going to ask you that I don't question. necessarily agree with I'll, I'll, I'll ask you that question. I, do, you, do you think there still is buy-in? Do you think these guys are playing hard? You're there. You see um, it. You see it more than I do. You're closer to it. So there, there's just so much here and it's so, I know it's so much to explain. There is... There's obviously an issue with buy-in, right? Like, I mean, you can't be as bad as they are defensively and in lots of aspects of the game and be 100% bought in and all on the same page. At the same time, like, I don't think they're just blatantly not listening to the coaching staff and they're not trying. Right. Like, the guys are fighting at the ends of games right. and, and they are diving after loose balls and they are when... They say, this was an issue. We went and we spent a lot of time cleaning this up. And then they do a lot of times clean that up in the next game. But the problem was, then there's three new mistakes. And then, like, obviously, the people, the, the thing people want to keep pointing to is why they're, like, poorly coached and everything is the end-of-game situations, how they keep melting down at the end of games. But, I mean, I don't know what the answer is there, right? Like, it's not like they haven't ran good stuff. They either can't make a shot or they just start turning the ball over ridiculously, which I don't know... I don't know how you stop that. I don't know what the answer is there to get the guys to stop turning the ball over. Yeah, I, I don't either. I don't. I, the buy-in is always an interesting one for me because usually you can use the bench as 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 that accountability factor, right? The problem is who do you bring off the bench to make guys accountable for stuff, right? There's just there's nothing you can do there. The guys on the bench are way worse. Correct. I mean, that's the problem. They're Correct. they're as much the problem as or more so the problem than the starters right. are. So. It's just, it's a lot of issues. And I think the the most frustrating part or the most disheartening part if you're a Xavier fan is realistically, I mean, if you're not one of the people who just like to get mad and that's the only reason you watch sports is so you can get mad. If you were actually like, okay, this season isn't ours, but you've got four guys who are pretty darn good, theoretically, that could play on any good Xavier team in the past. And all those guys are coming back next year, theoretically. You were hoping you'd see progress this year. Right, They'd the start point. look right. like they're coming into their own as stars. You'd add another piece or two or three to them with that recruiting class, plus maybe a grad transfer or two. And suddenly you're nine deep again. And all of a sudden you're back to being right. a relevant team in the top half of the Big East. The longer this thing goes, now you lose to DePaul. It's to the point where you don't know if this team is going to win another game in conference play. I mean, and that's they, legit. They probably will. They will, but will that's because they'll have a game where they just shoot the ball well legit, or someone shoots terribly. legit thought. There's no reason to think they'll win another one. Right. I mean, they're certainly not going to be favored to win another game. So at that point, I think you start looking at it as like, this could be a two or three year rebuilding job legitimately just because this current core group of guys to this point don't look like they have it. 
And you can put that on the coaching staff, and they certainly share a share a role in that. But I don't think you can fairly judge a coaching staff until they've gotten their recruiting classes in and I, I, had a few I, years. I fully agree with that part. So we're kind of at the spot where it's like, Ooh, this coaching staff may need those full three, four years before we really know what they are because I just don't see what they have right now going into next year with a couple freshmen and all of a sudden being a top half of the Big East type team. Uh, uh, hypothetical. And I don't know your take on this because I don't think we've we've touched on it. Did Trav maybe make a tactical error in not hiring maybe an experienced, a guy that had been a head coach Um when he put his staff together, just as maybe a sounding to tell board him to stop turning the ball over. No, 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 not, not no. But like as a sounding board of this is how I handled this situation, or just to give him some advice throughout the thing because the staff's what all thirty seven and younger. Yeah, it's not a it's not a negative criticism. It's just well, I'm not just curious. Like, do you think maybe he he missed the boat on not going that route and having a guy that had been around a little bit longer to 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 maybe use as a sounding board. Sure, I mean that's a relevant thing you can say. I don't I don't think so, but that's cuz I don't really think there's that much value in it. Like his brother is John Gross. So he has experienced guys who understand coaching that he's talking to every day. I don't think like he needs a sounding board. I think he needs like playmakers and a shooter. But you know, I like I'm not saying there aren't yeah. things that aren't, aren't that you can't charge the coaching staff. I just don't think like how the coaching staff is handling the losing and dealing with it is their issue right now. No, but I get the disheartening point for fans. I I don't think fans expect them to go to Marquette and win and go to Nova and win. I, I, do, I do think it's fair to expect you can beat Providence at home and DePaul at home with this of, group. Of I mean, course. I think that's a fair thing to say. Right? Yeah, well, of course. And that's the most frustrating part is it, it's gotten to the point now, like, again, we thought they would be at best like 500 this year. That's what we said before no, you said, the season right. started. And I, I disagreed. Like I thought they'd team in the, and the I conference. disagreed. You were right. You were dead right. I thought they'd be 500 in the conference. I thought they'd be a 99 conference team with an 18 and 11 ish, 12 ish type of club. I thought they'd hold serve at home, lose at yes. home to Villanova and Marquette, and then they'd beat like DePaul Butler, on the whatever. road, which they or did. Somebody, and then they'd win one other road right, game, right. and that'd kind of be how it went. Right. They're obviously much worse than that. And I don't know that they're much worse than that because either. all these See, games the are a player either. or two away. Yeah, I don't um, either. But, well, we, we can go back to Chad's theory from last year. Last year, they just got lucky in all those end-of-game situations. They're high in the luck factor. Well, this look, year, maybe I, that's just the, I, it evening out. Now they're I, unlucky. I, I had maybe look, that's I, what it I was. I haven't looked at the luck factor lately. Have you looked at the luck factor? No, I haven't. Well, Chad was, a, Chad was very studious. He knew all about he, the luck he did, factor He didn't have the luck factor last yeah. year. He did yeah, that figured out. Although good players sometimes help help with the luck factor. Yeah, yeah. I said that last year That's kind of actually what the stat says. I know that. I know that. I know that. The ball bounced the right way, and Trayvon Blewett hit the shot. Like, he's over and over because he's a really good player. really good player who can hit that shot right now you have guys that are not able to hit that shot or make that drive or make that play or throw it away or dribble it off their foot yeah. and it is i get the i mean See. when you're it, it is hard for any program i mean when you're used to winning at a, at a fairly successful consistent level you can't accept that your blip on a radar you just can't it's hard for a fan to accept that yes well it clearly is i i mean i, I don't think it should be but yeah i mean it clearly is for fans now well He's, I think I think you should be upset about it. Like you don't want to lose, but like I mean, people just go off the reservation. I mean, to act like, right. to act like a program like Xavier isn't ever going to have a year where yes, they lose. Yes, they're going is to. That's insane. the thing. Especially, I, yeah, that's the thing. You are. They're not a blue blood. Lose, lose. It's not exclusive to losing. I had somebody on my message board rant for five hours, starting in the first half of the Memphis game that Mick should be fired. 
Wow. That I tell you what. That takes this a whole year, new level of ration. This year, thought. that is one hell of an argument to be made. Yeah. He's done such a bad job with that group. They, they were down six at Memphis in the first half. He needs to go. I'm tired of this. He's got to go. Memphis team that at that point had actually been playing pretty well. And the only team that had beaten building. them at home was yeah. Tennessee, number one. I, I'm far from a Mick apologist. Um, but, I think there's been times in the past where it's, I, as a UC fan, I could see why you'd be upset or want a new coach possibly. This is the wildest time to be making that correct. argument. That is correct. <laughs> I mean. That is correct. And then he wondered why everybody was calling him an idiot. When he got downvoted 165 times. <laughs> and I had to explain to him politely. Because you're an idiot. Where's my question? How did he keep coming back at the... At the oh, point? he doubled down. Like, he didn't back down from it once. Who did he want? Did he, did he have a solution for who No, he no. They never have a solution. Okay, I was just, just curious if there was somebody that he just, had in mind that he wanted. Wanted him fired because they, they weren't winning fast enough in that game. He wanted Mike Dunleavy and his, his offensive brilliance <laughs> from Tulane to come up here. Is that what he wanted? <laughs> no. I was just checking it out. Kevin Ollie's available in case he is. is wondering. He's, he he's is. available. I mean, could you imagine, honestly, like the schools listening to what these fans want? Like, if you see after this season were to just get rid of Mick for somebody, who do you think you're going to hire at that what, point? What Who's coach taking that job? What coach in his right mind is going to go? You know what? They've won 90 games in the past three the years. NCAA tournament. How many times in a row would it be? Eight, eight years going on nine years in a row, and he overachieves they, at an incredible level this yeah. year. And then we're going to get rid of him and find somebody well, new. Or at Xavier, you hire a, a first-year head coach and then fire him right. after that first you, year. Like, no. what, are you, what are you thinking? How, and I know, for the most part, no no rational human Correct. being is saying that. The but they These did are say, the wildest outliers. They, they did yes, say, exactly. well, I'm not saying you fire him this year, but next year you got to think about it. Well, I mean, what? some of the biggest idiots and the outliers, yes. I mean, I don't think many actual fans think that way, and I don't think many actual UC fans think that no. way about Mick, but there are some just it's, outliers out there that say the, ridiculous things, and there's way more of them than you would think. No, well, it's, that, it's, it's this, the squeaky wheel thing. It's this, the whole squeaky is, wheel gets it, man. This is the same guy that during the football season, all tonight, the punt returner muffed a punt, and he basically wanted to take the kid out back and have him shot. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Here's my, here's my honest... Dump him in the river. <laughs> I honestly don't understand how people make this work in their minds. Like when you cross that line during the season or during a game where you are now calling people names, like your your team's players and your team's coaches, and you hate them, and it's all this all this vile stuff. Go do something else. Go do something else. No, here's no. Here's my thing though. All right. What like when they win later on in the season or they win next year. How, at what point do you become a fan and celebrate, and how does that work? Oh no, you like hate are you they it. are they your guy at no, some point no. after you've said those terrible things at them? Because that's no, no bizarre. You, you hate it because you're wrong at that point, right? Yeah. That's what you hate it because you're wrong. You want to be right. You want to be the first one to be right with that stuff. And at that point, why are you a fan? I like. What do you care? I agree. I, I, I'm with. I you. just don't understand. Like to me, being an irrational fan means I hate right state for no reason at all, and that's I'm it, happy is, they're that striking. Is, that is totally like, irrational, right? But I, I don't understand. I'm not calling. And use players' names when they miss shots or turn the ball over. I don't get it, but I don't, I don't get a lot of things. Fire Mick, fire Travis. Move on. Yep, exactly. Hire Zach Taylor. That's it. For every job in town. Coach five different teams at once. He's gold. He goes 7'5", 423 pounds. Zach Taylor. All right, let's transition to NKU. Bill Brasky. Yeah, you don't watch Saturday Night Live. You're too- <laughs> no, I, I do. I, I knew it. Okay. I was just, that was, you were reaching. Let, uh, let's get really to the real reason why we didn't have a show last week. Uh, Super Bowl, right? No, NKU lost twice. Oh, disheartened Rick Brewer. Wow. But let's okay. segue because you brought Bringing up. Bringing that back up. Okay. <laughs> well, he was, quick, he, he was quick on the group text, Skinny. We, we don't want a podcast this week. Nope, I'm out. 
I, I was kind of out too because I had Super Bowl. Yeah, it was, like, it was Super Bowl. Like, hey, not coming. But not coming to hang out with you on Super Bowl it, Sunday. It, it, it does give us a chance. We don't have to rehash the week that was the IUPUI and Illinois Chicago loss because this past week they beat Detroit and Oakland at home. But really, the, the game comes up Friday at Wright State. Um, Are you going? You win I that. You, I think you solidify it because after that you do play Youngstown and Cleveland State at home. You would have a two-game buffer. There's no way you're losing those two teams. And it gives you a chance if you go that Milwaukee-Green Bay trip. You split it at worst, and at the very worst, you still have the one-game advantage. So, right. really, it comes down to this game at right. Well, State. and even if you tie with right State, I think, th- theoretically, if UIC holds at third, then you've beat UIC twice. They've Correct. split with them. So, you Correct. still have the tiebreaker at the end of the day. So, Well, you would give right State a fifth loss. You would only have three at that point. So, you could go. You still could split those last two games. Still. No, I'm saying if you lose to them, it oh, really yeah, doesn't yeah, matter yeah. anyway because you're still probably got the tiebreaker, assuming UIC stays third. However, I... Uh, I, I don't want that to happen. Yeah, finish the deal. And uh, to me, this is kind of one of those gut check games because we were talking about the maturity of this team and them handling success and them being locked in on those road games. And then they get tripped up twice against two teams that they're better than. And it happens. I understand it. It's good to see them bounce back and beat, you know, killed Detroit, absolutely dominate them, which is a good matchup for them. And then beat Handley, an Oakland team who's a bad matchup for them and, and really gives them a lot of trouble. So that was good to see. But now go on the road. Win a game against your rival who's given you trouble. You haven't been able to win at their place when it matters. Because that, to me, is a total gut check type of game. It proves to everyone that you're by far the best team in this conference. Right, what do they need to do to win that game? Play the same game you played up here. I mean, it's it, they can't guard Drew McDonald. They really can't guard Jalen Tate. Um, you don't have to change what you do. Right. You have to be locked in defensively. You can't turn the ball over. And just because they slow it down and make it ugly and play a style that you don't like playing doesn't mean you can get out of sorts and, and start turning the ball over and missing shots. You have to stay uh, with what you do. And, and basically, any transition opportunities they can get to start getting in a rhythm, if they get that going at all, they're going to be in good shape. I, I think they if they score more points. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. That's always the key. I always thought that was kind of the key. As long as it's, it's one more point, that's all you need. doesn't yeah. matter if it's 43-42 or if it's... 97, 90, yeah. 96. I, I think if they score one more point, that they'll win. Okay, I, I like that. Are you going? I am. Are you are you making nasty videos about Wright State again? I uh, well, we'll see. It could happen. I mean, it's not it's not planned content. Does, I haven't does pitched that, it this does time. That, does that depend on the amount um, amount of beverage that's been induced? I didn't drink any last year. Okay, and I did it. Are you going to fight the wolf? We, no, uh, I would love for someone to explain to me why he's there or why they are the Raiders and their mascot is a wolf. But my guess is we'll never know because they're striking up there right now and no one will give them an answer to it. Well, there you the go. teachers there are in the are. hallway striking. Is over that it. why they're striking? Because I they... believe so. I didn't read up, but I have to assume no one will give them a real answer to why they are the Raiders, but their mascot is a wolf. And they're striking on top of it all. And yeah, that's, why that's why they're why striking. They're striking. Yeah, correct. And the kids, they want an answer. And, 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 the, and the kids just, they, all they're doing is all, all basketball all the time now. That, that can be an advantage for Wright State. They don't have to worry about class. Ooh, wow. Is this Wright State spin zone? Wright State is now cheating. The NCAA should be investigating because they're trying to win the Horizon League Championship. You can spin so that every like. Cutting out classes. Yes. If they're not going to class, why are they allowed to play in the game? They should have to forfeit. Well, again, I think Wright State's clearly cheating. I think the NCAA should investigate. I think they, they should have to forfeit, don't you? I don't know about the forfeit I'm, set, I'm cutting this segment out and sending it to the NCAA. 
Yeah. And, and Pete so Thamel. They know. And Pete Thamel. Pete Thamel will get to the bottom of it quicker than NCAA will. Yes, We've already will. seen people on the internet change. Uh, I've got my final take loaded up later. Okay. Change, change the NCAA's uh, opinion on something. Yep. There we go. That happened this That's week. That's called a tease in the I business. I like that. That happened this up. week. I like the tease. Uh, let's go to Kentucky. Um, another quality win on the Man. road at Mississippi State. They had a big lead. It kind of slipped away. But defensively, I mean, they've got the offensive answers, right? But if they play the way they're playing defensively, they're going to be really, really hard. And that's a big week. LSU at home, um, Tennessee at home. They still have Auburn down the road. I think they still have Tennessee at Tennessee down the road. This is a big week, though, to continue the momentum forward. See, I'm kind of on the other side. I'm to the point where I'm confident that their defense is always going to be there for I know them. It. I think they're elite almost at this point defensively. To me, what got Mississippi State back in that game was the lack of scoring yeah. by UK for I think a they ran out of, there. It felt like they ran out of gas a little bit. Well, I think they're still inconsistent at times on the offensive end, and that sometimes their shooting goes, and they don't get the ball inside enough. The one thing that is just so different this year is having Reed Travis and then an, another guy like P.J. Washington is kind of at your four. They're just bullies. Yeah. And in years past, even when UK has had really talented big men, They'd get pushed they around skilled. a little bit. They well, they're younger too. Yeah. They're just underclassmen, and you don't have that same confidence and toughness that you do as a senior. And, and Reed Travis is kind of as tough as they come underneath. I think. I mean, he's he's bullying dudes underneath the rim. That's a whole different thing to see from this or from this UK team. You you add their athleticism to that on the perimeter, and they're an intimidating team. And the way they're closing games now right. really impresses me. It, it, it's amazing how different PJ Washington is this year. That he is back to being the player that I loved in AAU. That guy didn't show up last year. No. Now he's stretching defenses. He's hitting threes. He can he's, post he's, you. He can post you. He's being really versatile. This is the guy I thought they were going to get. Well, and, and let's face it, everybody expects that that technical one and done guy, right, to come in and yeah. dominate and just be. And he but just big guys. It takes a little. And sometimes for that, and sometimes there's just other guys around that you just don't fit at that time. He fits perfectly yeah. right now. And he was never that type of prospect, really. Anyways, he was always a guy that was a little rough around the edge. He was skilled for his position but still rough right. around the edges and needed to farther develop that offensive game and skill set. And, and now we're really seeing him grow confidence in yeah. that. And he's, and I think him being kind of the go-to guy earlier in the year when they were having some issues really helped his confidence in a way, even though the he rest was, of the team was funny. struggling. What gets lost in the Seton Hall game where they lost in overtime was how great he was for yeah. long stretches of that Seton Hall. I mean, he was dominant on his end of the floor in that Seton Hall Miles game. Miles Powell was just... Yeah, he was just making shots. Yeah. He was making shots from New Jersey, for goodness sakes, that game. Um all right, that, that segues us into uh, to the the four, top four seed reveal from from Saturday. Uh, Kentucky was a is a two seed. The ones Duke, Tennessee, Virginia, Gonzaga. Hard to argue with any of those. The two line Michigan, North Carolina, Kentucky, Michigan State. There really wasn't a lot to question until you get to the three line, where if you go by Ken Palm, Marquette's 29th, They're a three seed. Kansas is six is sixteenth. They're a three seed. Houston was nineteenth. They're a three seed. Um, you go to the four line. The four line's about right where Iowa State, Nevada, Wisconsin, Louisville. Now, Louisville, after that was revealed, ended up losing in overtime to Florida State. About the only ones that, if you go by Ken Palm, were left out were Virginia Tech at 10, Texas Tech at 12, and Auburn at 14. And that also turns out Auburn ends up blowing a lead and losing to LSU. So that becomes very fluid. For the most part, though, you get past the two seed line. I'll get, put 15, 20 names in a hat and I'll draw them out and we'll call those the three and the four seeds. Yep. But let's be clear about it. Ken Palm should not be how the teams are seeded no, at no, the no, end of the year no. because that. Is a metric for how good you are, but it says nothing about your resume. Really, it doesn't say anything about whether you won or lost those games, and that should matter for how we're doing this. So, I have no problem really with how any of the seeds went. I I didn't either. I think Wisconsin was really the only one that I probably wouldn't have had in there. Marquette over Nova. 
Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. To, to this point in the season, okay. based yeah. on resume, okay. yeah. Now Nova at this point is starting to play better right. to the point that I'd I'd bet on Nova a hundred times. Marquette on the three line, Marquette. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, I think absolutely that that didn't that made a lot of sense to me. Wisconsin was the only one that I probably wouldn't have had in there. Seventeen that, and seven, I believe Wisconsin is. Well, and then right. they lost again. So right. I mean, they're not right. going to be right. In there again. At the some next of this again. Reveal, this was before games were played on Saturday too. So that has to I, be. I wouldn't. I know their resume is as good as anybody. But if you to watch Kansas right now and how they look without right as a bookie. as a bookie, yeah. I, I I couldn't have them on the three line. I get what you're saying, but here's the problem: start looking at the teams that are I know. with them. I know I mean, there's no one that that has the combination of they look a lot better right now and they have a resume to where I think you can jump them. I, I agree with what you're saying, and that's a big reason why the, that three and four seed line to me is really really weak. We talked about this on on Sports Authority on Local Twelve on Sunday night. Boy, this this tournament could be completely upside down by the time we get to the round of thirty two. Because I mean, you're one or two upsets away. If Duke goes down, it's wide open. I feel yeah, like. But and if another one or two of those top seeds go down, because the threes and fours are all vulnerable, right? And that we're not even to the fives. If the threes and fours are vulnerable, what are the fives and sixes going to look like? Right. Like this thing could be. We could have a lot those of are usually really good teams. Yeah, <laughs> we could have quite a bit of double digit seating moving into the Sweet Sixteen. Like it, I, we've talked what Duke. We like Tennessee. Uh, I think Michigan is a team that could give Duke some trouble because they play right, great defense. Fair or unfair, it's hard to believe in Virginia, right? It just it's hard. It's I don't just, even. I would drop them. In. I don't either. I, would, I don't either. I would drop them as a one seed after losing to Duke at home. Mm, like put Kentucky in the, on that line. Probably, yeah. Okay. Who, uh, well, who do you have more faith in right now, well, Kentucky or Virginia? One hundred percent. You get Kentucky. You get Kentucky through the LSU and the Grand. Both the games are at home, but get through LSU, LSU and, 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 and Tennessee. Tennessee. You win those two games, and I got to put you on the one line moving forward, depending on what else happens. But yeah, I think you put them back on the one. I mean, up v- on the one Virginia's line. had another incredible season, yes, and no of doubt. course they look great again. But I, I don't, I don't even take them seriously when I start talking about teams. They, at the top. they didn't look the first Duke game at Duke. They looked a little better. The Duke just completely outmanned yeah. them in Charlottesville. Like I, I don't know. I, it's a losing style. It, it just is. I'm sorry against top, against quality opponents. Yes. Yeah, against teams that can it that limits have, you. Yeah, it really limits you. No, it does. It does. Can we? I mean, can God, we, you know, God forbid they lose to another six. How about them being a one and losing to a sixteen seed for a second straight year? Can, can we talk anything. about that block? I didn't see it. The Zion Williamson block. I've you heard didn't about. See I did it? not see it. No. Hold on. No. You saw it, didn't yes. you, Rick? Oh yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen a more athletic basketball I, I, play. I, I, I have heard in of my it, entire I'm glad life. You brought it because I did, I meant to look at it today. I've not Seriously. seen it. So I think even more impressive than the actual like block watching the block is do still motions from when How the far, pass starts yeah. where he is to where the ball is or where he is when the ball is released to where he is when the shot is released. The ground he covers and and you're watching it right now is yep. just incredible. Watch. He comes from what the block almost. He's on wing. the opposite wing. Okay, well, I'm picking up. Well, he's, he's on when the, okay. by the time when Hunter catches the ball, Zion is at the rim. Even with the oh, rim, you're right. I see it now. I, I, I saw it the other way. Holy cow, that's insane. Look, he's still going up. You know, what I'm going to say when he blocks, and the then shot. he finishes off with an Olympic level winning long jump. Yeah, you know, what I'm going to say slow load on the shot. Shooter's fault. I think it was a little it bit. It was a slow load on the <laughs> shot, but how how like when I when I saw the, the camera angle from the sideline, I was like, wow, that's impressive. The one looking from the opposite baseline where you can actually that I just showed Skinny covers where you can see it's breathtaking. Also, two hundred and eighty pounds listed, maybe more than that. Yeah. 
stops on a dime and sticks the landing after and doesn't kill someone and does not even go a step it is forward. Crazy. It's crazy. The body control. It's crazy. I've, ne- I've never seen anything like him. There's no human ever like him. And all these national guys before the year kept telling me he wasn't the number one pick coming into the year. It's so ridiculous that you thought a guy that's that transcendent as an athlete wasn't going to be the number one. And, and it's taken most of them half of the year to come to you the believe it. Well, to come to the conclusion that we came to a long time ago from watching him, there is no other him. There's no comparison. Dude, you know the one for me that did it, and I know he's not the first one that's ever done it, the, the 360 dunk that made it look like it was like he was doing a pirouette yeah. without leaving the ground. Yeah. It, it was so tight, so quick, so athletic. You're like... At 280 pounds. At 280 pounds. Not even the, I don't even care if you were 280 pounds, just the way he did it. Because most guys... The 360 is usually you're kind of a little still bit into the turn, yeah. twisted, and then you kind of finish it off. Yeah. It's like, that's still pretty damn good. His was, no, his was zip, bang. Yeah. You don't do that. You don't do I, that. I, I don't think he's human. He creates a lot of torque. He does create a lot of torque. I, I think he is an alien. Well, he's, he's an alien for Duke right now. And because they, the NBA is hoping he's an alien for them. If, if, if they, the they had, Knicks are praying to God he's an alien for them. If they had made someone else like that, we would have known about him. How, after all these years of human existence, is that the first one they've ever made like that? It's insane. It truly is insane. <laughs> God's back there just like cracking his knuckles, like yeah, cracking up yeah, like, yeah, I did yeah, my thing. Yeah. I did my thing on that I'll one. Get you another Not one. to brag. I'll get you another one in 15 years. Just <laughs> yeah. wait. It'll take a while. All right, final take time, Chad Brandle. You got one. So, Barstool Sports last week. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not, but there were two games in college basketball last week where the the betting line was impacted yes. by plays that were after the horn. Uh, yes, I do. I'm aware of both of those because I had a friend of mine that, that had a little bit of an issue with both of those. Two of them. Iowa State was one of them. I don't remember the other. I don't either. But, but, yeah. but it happened twice. Yes, it did. Where a shot was allowed. After the buzzer. After the buzzer. With the same official, am I right? With the same official that altered the line. That, that went. That, didn't that alter the flipped, outcome. It flipped the line. Didn't alter the outcome. Right. It flipped the winner in Vegas. Correct. Correct. So four and a half point favorite. It goes from six yes. to, to four. Whatever. It flipped the line. And the winners instantly became losers because of a bad call. Um, Barstool, as they are apt to do, made a video about it calling out i think it was roger ayers actually who was the I official think you're right. i think you're correct and they did a video on it and you know satire or what the way that they do things but basically calling out the ncaa later that day the ncaa issued a ruling or issued a statement that they will because of gambling being now legal in the federal in the federal government review those they will now review those plays and 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 change the score if they find that it impacted the betting line and and they were wrong that a shot was off after the buzzer because generally in a game like like that shot's not reviewed it doesn't have any impact on right. the final outcome of right. the game right. and the horn goes off yeah shot counts whatever everybody gets off the floor what do you think you're you're the no, gambler no i no I, I think i think it is i think it is a good thing because it's it's just now creeping in to the to the mainstream, and it's going to get even more prevalent moving As more forward. states. Yes. Now, I, I had a couple of people say, well, the official the official fixed. No, because the guy still had to make those shots. I mean, you can argue that the, the, the say, I think it's just coincidence the same official screwed up both calls. I don't or, think he, I don't think well, he. He was involved. He, he, he was involved. called the second one. 
He he counted the second one. The second I don't one think, was the one that was way yeah, after the fact. I don't think he counted the first one. Yeah. I think that was a different guy. Is anyone in on like the Roger Ayers is fixing games bandwagon? That was, that was Marty Mush from Barstool. Yeah, that was his. Not, no, I, 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 it's hard to take that leap of faith that the official fix because again, those dudes had to make that shot. I mean, they, right. they were the one was like a crazy runner for goodness yeah. sakes. That again, the guy's got to make that shot before you can you can. You, you can't argue the official fix that, but I do think it should be reviewable. I think that's the, it is the, absolutely the right thing to do moving forward. I, I'll give you one, man. Back in this, back in my early betting days, way back when, I was watching an NBA game on TBS back in the back in the probably the mid to late eighties, and game was over. I won by a half a point. Shot went at the buzzer, but they wa- I thought they waved it off. They actually put the final score up on the board. Went to commercial. Did my sigh of relief, came back. Well, you know what? They counted that last shot, and I thought, you've got to be freaking kidding me. So it, it's happened. It can happen. You didn't want to say freaking there. <laughs> no, I didn't. No. What, what's the downside to doing this? I don't is think there is a one? downside. I can't think of anything other that, than, that doesn't change the games at all. Correct. So. I, I mean, other than somebody says it's taking an extra minute to get the final score. No, 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 no. They're talking about, like, the NCAA coming back in over the top. After. Oh, after. This won't even, oh, I got no th- problem with that. You literally won't even know what happened. I, I got no game. problem with that. Now, the only the issue is a lot of times when scores are posted as official, people cash the tickets. People cash the tickets, and vice versa, people tear up the tickets. Well, and the other thing is, uh, I you th- start you you get a big win. Well, now I'm getting down on the next round of games right yeah. after that, Correct. so it can impact you there. Yeah, so I, they I, have to be on top of that. I think they would have to be extremely on top of that. To but the, you can do that. I mean, may, there's got to be maybe a bank of may, people watching. Well, now maybe maybe the directive is you're looking at you're looking review. at that review, an automatic review on a shot like that at the end of the game, even if it doesn't and, and at that the point, of the game. you know what? Maybe you even say, shake hands, everybody go. Yeah, there. we're going to look at the monitor while you're doing. Yeah. It. Everybody go their separate ways. We're handling something that doesn't have anything to do with the outcome. And and, and that's I think the easiest way to do it, probably yeah. right there. Yeah. Because I, I don't I don't like holding the teams up. No, no, I agree. To oh, no, check no. a betting line. No, no. I, I think when <laughs> teams are shaking hands, easily you can go look at the monitor. Yeah. I get it done by the time they're done shaking hands. For goodness' sake. Yeah. I really don't think it'll have much of an impact for anyone other than people betting on the game. No, so correct. I just think it's it. interesting the NCAA reacted. And, and and made a statement and said instead of hand, head and sand yeah yeah because that's usually the way and that they, they do want things so well, much to be away from gambling they yeah. it's if you want a pariah I tell you what though if you want to scare a milk toast organization into reacting and doing something get an angry Twitter mob online you get 15 20 people start tweeting at <laughs> any organization in the country right now and they will apologize and fire people and do whatever you want them to do instantly I it's mean like, it is. You, we have you haven't gotten anything free this year it's like man on the street no we haven't asked for anything free on this podcast do you need to ask for something free i don't i don't need anything i okay. think that's what i'm just okay i was just so well off you're in a better off you're better place now than yeah. you were a year ago i'm so well off now i just don't need it yeah, okay. so, that's yeah, we're good. Not begging well right omaha now. steaks if you want to send me some steaks rick doesn't want steaks this year yeah well the creighton game already came and passed we just didn't do enough <laughs> promoting on that one well, i mean they're, they're coming up they, they come here right yeah, we used to get like twice the listeners on this podcast, so we really had a lot of cachet. Now like our listenership's fallen off a little bit. I don't think we can. It's because the season Xavier's having. Yeah, that's why. I think that's exactly right. why. I think you you're have a, right. Do you have a final take, Rick Brewer? You know, I don't. You were just part of that final take. Yep. We all we all are in agreement. Piggybacking. All right, boys. We'll be back next Sunday with another edition of the Skinny Podcast, the College Basketball Edition for Rick Brewer, Chad Brendel, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. It's been presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.